Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. And Alex, one week away. That's how far we are from Lakers Clippers opening night. We're just one week away. It's crazy, man. Like all that whole summer of doing these episodes together and stuff, it's kind of led us to this. And uh, this is kind of like our, our uh, tryout episode in a way after a game. And yeah, uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. It's, so for those of you that normally tune in on Tuesday, you're not listening to Harrison Fagan and Anthony. You're listening to Alex Padilla and Alex Regla. Uh, we switch days because Harrison is currently at Staples Center. So he didn't want to record at two in the morning. So we're seriously sitting here on a Monday night watching the Lakers take on the Warriors. Six minutes left, Lakers 95, Warriors 83. I mean, the result doesn't matter, but if anyone gets their ankles broken again, like Zach Norvell Jr. (laughs) just did to somebody, then we'll tell you. Yeah, we'll provide live updates to anyone else who gets murdered on the floor. So, Yeah, this is going to be a good uh, test for us, like you said, though, because next week we will record on Tuesday night uh, right after the Lakers uh, beat the Clippers, hopefully, (laughs) on opening night. We'll see what happens, obviously. Uh, But there is a lot lot to talk about uh, with the Lakers right now. Of course, if you were on Twitter or ESPN or SilverScreenRoll.com or anywhere in the world, you saw the uh, the outrage against LeBron James and his comments about the China situation. Uh, we'll get to that here shortly. Uh, but basically what I wanted to start with, Alex, and then we'll get into the game and we'll get into the preseason game so far, uh, the, the couple games that they have played so far, because you wrote something on SilverScreenRoll.com uh, released on Monday morning about the preseason. There was some interesting stuff in there. By the way, tell people where they can find you normally because you also announced something today, right, for SilverScreenRoll.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, so I'm still with Silver Screen and Roll, but um, Harrison and I have kind of discussed having a more consistent or a, like a, a day assigned where I'll have an article out every week. So every Monday, I should have an article out. That's the goal. So today was the first Monday where we're trying this out. So every Monday, you can expect something new, like a column. Um, uh, a recap, a preview, at least something for me on Silver Screener Roll. And so, yeah, I'm pretty excited that I can have at least kind of a consistent thing where I can look forward to every week. Yeah, for sure. And you can catch Alex at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You can catch all his work there all the time. Um, what you wrote about this morning was about your th- your thoughts about the good and bad so far with the Lakers preseason. We'll get to that here shortly, but I think we should just start with the the story or the tweet that just came out 30 seconds ago for us. Mm-hmm. The Lakers gave an update on Anthony Davis's injured right thumb. Uh, the results of the MRI confirmed a sprained right thumb. His status will be day to day. So earlier today, I had some reports from Woj that the results were clean of the x-ray of the MRI and that it wasn't too serious. Now the Lakers confirmed officially that he is day to day. So not sure if he'll be ready for opening night, hoping he'll be ready for opening night. Um, but yeah, he got hurt in the last game in China. He took like a swatted the ball or something like that. Yeah, it looked and, like uh, it. It looked like that's how he got hurt there. So It's like one of the most like common rec league basketball injuries when you just <laughs> jam your thumb or your finger and it hurts like hell immediately. And then it just after a couple of days, it goes away. Um, obviously without even needing to be said, if Anthony Davis doesn't play on Tuesday, that's a gigantic loss for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, you wrote about it in your column about the good. One of the good so far has been how LeBron James and Anthony Davis have clicked so far in a small sample size, but how well they have looked together. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely been the thing that stood out the most for me during this preseason is how quickly that those two have kind of come together and gelled. Like, I think we all kind of expected them to be really good together. Like, their skill sets really complement each other really well. Uh, LeBron has that dynamic big and AD who can kind of roll or pop pop to the behind the three-point line. And, and AD gets a, a monster creator in LeBron who could kind of set him up for baskets. And it just gelled from, like, the opening tip of that Warriors game. And I, that definitely, I think, is really encouraging. And I think that's just only going to get better once AD starts hitting his jumpers. And once those two kind of just learn these little little angles and little windows where they kind of that just come with playing with each other for a bigger sample size, like you mentioned. Yeah, and hopefully we are going to be able to get a large sample size early on because obviously when a, a basically a whole new constructed roster gets together, they need time to gel. And the Lakers have a... A lot of games early on. Obviously, they play Tuesday, Friday. That's their first couple games. So hopefully Anthony Davis will be there. Um, I know for myself, when I saw the injury, I freaked out mm-hmm. immediately because even when LeBron got hurt last year during Christmas, I was like, oh, that that's that's a, that doesn't look too bad. And then obviously that the groin injury just lingered and lingered and lingered. So like my nightmares were coming true. I was so worried. I was like, did he just break his hand? I know he stayed in the game for a little bit, and then they said he wasn't coming back in the second half. So my mind started racing. So so for me today, good news, uh, just a sprained right thumb. Because obviously, with, I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but Anthony Davis is the key to the Lakers, se- uh, the Lakers season this year. Yeah, that, that, the news is ba- uh, definitely a big sigh of relief. And I think the like every every Laker fan kind of had to hold their breath when we saw AD get hurt or when he falls to the floor because we know that one injury to him or LeBron – uh, that can cost us the season, and we saw that last year. How how uh, critical losing LeBron was to the season. Like they were playing really well. They were the four seed, and then LeBron goes down, and that's that was basically a wrap of the season. So the Lakers really need the, those two specifically to stay healthy. So hopefully, this is the thing that he can kind of just get out of the way now, and hopefully, is good to go by opening night. And you're also in your article that you wrote today. You wrote about the struggles of Alex Caruso so far how the Lakers are maybe not putting him in his best uh, position to succeed tonight in the game that's still happening right now, 97-91, Lakers, three and a half minutes left. Alex Caruso struggled again. Yeah. Uh, seven points on one of six shooting, five turnovers, not that great, got to start, played 27 minutes. Um, I still I still think, and I think now that you see who's playing and who's not, Rajon Rondo will be getting a lot of minutes early on. I've been saying it all summer, and I think it's getting confirmed. And the way Alex Caruso is playing is probably not helping his cause. Uh, talk to us about what you've seen so far and where the Lakers are not putting him in the best position to succeed. Yeah, so like as I mentioned in my article, as we kind of see so far in this game and other games Caruso's already played in, that the team is kind of, when he's out there, he's been kind of put in this pick-and-roll ball handler role where he has to basically create the offense for others as opposed to kind of have others create for him. And so far, it's just not its not really been working. I think not not counting tonight's game, like you mentioned, he's one for six. But before this game, he was one for 11 out of the pick and roll as the ball handler in terms of him trying to you know create his own shot. And a lot of the times, he's just driving to the paint. He's kind of running into a crowd, either uh, committing a charge or just getting his shot blocked by a, a few of the big guys down there. And I think it just he just doesn't look comfortable. Like, he's forcing things. He's turning the ball over like I mentioned and I think that might be a result of not playing with LeBron and Rondo and having to do 
a, a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to creating for others. Is last season we saw how good he and LeBron played uh, together because LeBron was fighting him on these cuts and on these spot up chances. So I think that's definitely something that Frank Vogel has to realize and has to kind of fix going forward, or, or else Caruso is just going to continue to struggle. I think. It's hard to get a, a good feel of exactly what Frank Vogel is going to do. As much as you, we want to like look at these preseason games and start formulating our thoughts about the team. The fact is, LeBron didn't play today. LeBron barely played on Saturday. They just came off uh, like this is a quick turnaround for them playing in China, and then two or three days later, now they're playing again in LA. Super quick turnaround. So obviously, Frank Vogel was very careful with who he played a lot tonight. It's a small sample size, like you said. Um, well, like him and LeBron have not played together really much at all in this preseason. Um, Quinn Cook hasn't played yet. He's still dealing with a calf injury. So, of course, Rondo kind of kind of is going to get those, those minutes just because of the way it's kind of shaking out for the Lakers as far as injuries go. But it's still kind of discouraging to see because you, you – I think a lot of Laker fans, myself included, really wanted to see Caruso just have a breakout preseason and show Vogel right away why he should be getting more minutes. Obviously, I think a lot of people and a lot of people that host podcasts on this network think that Rajon Rondo's time in the NBA should be done, or at least with the Lakers. So I I, I think we're just kind of pointing to that, you know, like it's going to be Rondo. It's going to be LeBron probably a lot of point guard, but then it's going to be Rondo to be paired with LeBron early on in the season and hopefully Caruso can turn it around. But right now I just don't think he's doing enough for him to warrant getting a lot of minutes early on in the season. Well, from based on what you've seen, how much do you think of uh, Caruso's struggles so far have been a result of kind of playing with the South Bay guys? Like he's basically put yeah. in garbage time where guys like Rondo are, are getting the benefit of playing next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. And that's just by default, you're going to look better. You're going to get more spacing. You're going to get better shots. So I wonder how much of that do you think has played a role in Caruso's struggle so far? Well, it's kind of hard to say, like, because I want to say it, it has a lot to do with it. But in the same breath, Dwight Howard is excelling so far in the preseason. And he's getting minutes with the with the G League guys tonight, you know. Dwight Howard played 22 minutes. He's got 12 points, 13 rebounds, and four steals. Like, he played incredibly well today. He actually leads the team in assists. So, uh, it's, it's kind of like I want to say, yes, that, that has a lot to do with it. Uh-huh. But then you see guys like Dwight Howard who are excelling without them. Where he would probably be a major beneficiary down in the paint with Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the court at the same time. Um, so it's hard to say. I just think Caruso's struggling. Maybe it's, you know, l- listen, Alex, it's a real thing, man. When people put expectations on you, you start to play differently sometimes. And I know it's a preseason and I know we might be overreacting, but when expectations are placed on a player, it's very interesting to see how they're going to perform after that. Last year, there was absolutely zero pressure on Alex Caruso to do anything. There was no pressure. He was going out there and balling because who cares if he didn't ball, right? Now there's expectations for him. Now I think there is a lot of a lot of pressure on him from the coaching staff that like, hey man, we gave you a contract. Mm-hmm. Not admit, you know, you're not a two-way player anymore. You're an NBA player now. And it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts because not everybody actually excels in that in that position. I think that's a really good point, and I think that's something that's kind of been kind of glossed over uh, in these last few preseason games and the one and the, the ones he struggled in specifically. And people forget, like you're like you said, this is a guy who was undrafted. He came up through the G League. He was kind of always kind of 
it was kind of tug in cheek with the Laker fans and how they praised him and how much they loved him. And I think there's genuine admiration for him. But at the same time, he is a guy who had to fight and kind of earn his spot here. And now that he's kind of earned this kind of internet celebrity almost of like all these different media outlets where every website is writing a different profile on him. Like the Ringer's written about him, Bleacher Report, like our site writes about him. So there is this kind of sense where it's hard, it's difficult not to want to prove everyone that he's worthy of, of this kind of admiration, like I said, in this kind of uh, this role. And I think maybe he might be trying to force things and kind of prove himself where last year he was just playing his game. He was just diving for balls. He was like causing steals, just doing all the dirty work where now he's trying to score almost every possession and kind of make these highlight plays. And that's not really part of his game. So hopefully... He comes back down to earth, and I really think playing next to LeBron and, and getting put in a more optimal spot where he works more off-ball compared to on-ball will really help him. Yeah, I do think that that will help him. I think as the season goes on and LeBron and Anthony Davis are there kind of helping him, you know, right now they may not be too involved with, you know, preseason games. There may not be as much, but once the regular season starts, it's a different animal, so hopefully he does kind of mold himself back into playing the way he was playing at the end of last year, which I think is everybody's dream scenario for Alex Caruso. Um, you also wrote about Danny Green's struggle so far. And I don't want to keep I, – I do want to make the point. Like, it is preseason, so it's not like too crazy and it's not like factual things that are going to happen during the regular season. But there is bad habits that, that the Lakers can pick up and hopefully that they see it, they can address them and fix them. You wrote about Danny Green being open but also being moving for a lot of his shots. when That's not his strength. Yeah, and, and thanks for adding that preseason caveat. Like, th- definitely, we have to. We're mentioning like this stuff is probably not going to be a huge issue going forward. Like, it is just preseason. But like you said, there's still things that it's part of being like good practice from a coach and putting guys in the right spots and kind of optimizing their skills. And Danny Green, like Caruso, has kind of been put in this kind of awkward, awkward role where he's not his skill of kind of catching and shooting and this this standstill. You know, jump shot where he's getting a lot of space and kind of taking advantage of that. It's not really, ha- hasn't really shown that much after that first game where he's now coming off screens and he's kind of dribbling into long twos. And that's definitely not part of his game. So uh, uh, Danny Green is another guy Frank Vogel has to kind of keep things simple and kind of recognize what he's good at and not try to put him in this role where he's this third scorer where he has to come off a screen cut to the paint make a play for another person because that's not that's not his game yeah for sure so the lakers ended up winning tonight's game 104 98 warriors made it close at the end outscoring the lakers by nine points in the fourth quarter but like we said who cares it's preseason the lakers uh the lakers leading scorer tonight was zach norville jr which you're gonna see that highlight if you haven't seen it yet you're gonna see that highlight it's already (laughs) on if you go to the box score it's already in the uh, in the highlight reel. Uh-huh. Zach Norville Jr. breaking pulls ankles and draws the N one. It was nasty. So so what'd you think of his game tonight? I thought I was really impressed. I thought he played really well tonight. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was I thought it was very, very well done. And it, it sometimes, man, I mean he led the team in minutes. Sometimes when you get an opportunity, some guys just come out and shine. So it's got especially when you're a rookie like that, you have to show your worth. And it kind of goes back to the Caruso thing, is like like going out there and proving people wrong when there's no expectations is a lot different than going out there and proving people wrong when there are expectations. There's a lot more pressure. So I think Norvell Norvell Jr. putting in work on the minutes that he's getting is a great sign for the Lakers. Yeah, I thought I thought overall tonight's game was just a lot more 
uh, enjoyable. Like the China games, I don't know if it was part of just waking up early and and that what the struggles that come with that, or if it was the whole political thing or what. But I just thought those two games were really tough to get through. Where tonight kind of felt more upbeat and kind of felt like that exciting Laker team that we thought we were going to get. So uh, this one was at least really fun, and I no one got hurt, so that's always a plus. And Jared Dudley came back, and he looked solid in his few minutes. So. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really good effort from the team. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to see a Lakers win anytime preseason, regular season, hopefully postseason this year. Uh, another takeaway from tonight for myself, and hopefully something that does leak over into the regular season, is the way Dwight Howard played tonight. Twenty-two points or twenty-two minutes, twelve points, thirteen rebounds, six assists, four steals, just everywhere tonight. Eight of ten free throws. How about that, wow. Alex Regla? Jeez. Uh, Dwight Howard just looks like a different player, literally. He looks skinny, but still like absolutely shredded. Yeah, he's rocking like some pink aqua shoes today. <laughs> uh, he's got blonde hair, just a different Dwight Howard uh, look. Uh, I just hope that it's the old Dwight Howard that that continues to show up for the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I'm telling you, it's it's early and it's preseason, but I would not be surprised if Dwight Howard is the starting center very early on, if not opening night for the Lakers. I mean, I mean, your predictions so far have kind of come true. You said Rondo was probably going to be the starter. He was going to get most of the minutes, and so far that that looks like that's going to pan out for you, and I hope the Dwight Howard thing is, you're right on that. Like, he kind of shows that he can be this, that they, they kind of not found a diamond in the rough, because everybody knows who he is, but that they found value where others kind of overlooked him. And I think tonight he really showed all the ways he can still help this team. Like you said, he had 13 rebounds. I thought he did a really good job screening for his guys. I thought that I thought I don't know if this was by design or what, but I thought Frank Vogel did a really good job by kind of using him as a screener up top and kind of dribble handoffs and kind of little dump off passes. And I thought that he had one really fantastic pass there late in the third quarter where it looked like he was going to go for a hook shot and instead he kind of like shoveled it to to Kaycock for the finish and I thought the old Dwight Howard or the kind of selfish Dwight Howard would definitely have taken that shot but tonight he kind of found the rookie for the the finish and I thought that kind of encapsulates the role that this team wants for him that he has to do all the dirty work be unselfish and kind of accept this reduced role and so far I thought I think he's done that I think he's been everything that they could have asked for and another reason why I think Dwight Howard starting is a better option than JaVel McGee is obviously Dwight Howard has a lot more upside than JaVel McGee as far as like offensively. But I just think the energy that JaVel McGee brings off a of bench is a lot more valuable than having JaVel start. Does that make sense to you? Like, like he just brings so much energy every time he's on the court that sometimes when you have your second, your second uh, players in, that's kind of what you need. Someone to just spark the bench, get it going when when LeBron's sitting or Anthony's sitting. I just like the idea of JaVale McGee. I liked Kirk. I like. I thought DeMarcus Cousins, not Kirk Cousins. That's a different sport. <laughs> I thought DeMarcus Cousins starting was gonna happen, but now putting in Dwight Howard there. I know they have different games, obviously. I like that. I, I like that idea, and I like it to to start with that on Tuesday night. I I think I think that's a good point, and I also think. To be said, like to be fair, I think McGee has actually played really well so far in the preseason. Yeah, for sure, he played well tonight. Yeah, and I think he's looked very, like you said, bouncy, and he does bring a ton of energy, and he's just a ton of fun, and that definitely is a type of player you would want to come in and spark the bench, especially if the starters get off to a slow start and they kind of need to pick me up. Javel is that type of guy. Um, I would say I think LeBron and and McGee at this point have a bit more chemistry, and and McGee 
has shown more athleticism you know being younger and still having his legs underneath him that he can catch these lob passes from lebron so if if dwight howard could show that he can get his legs underneath them and kind of be that bouncy center he used to be then maybe you have a point i i think personally i would maybe keep mcgee next to ad and lebron at this point just because i think that chemistry is already built in but i i mean i wouldn't be shocked if dwight starts and i think that what you brought up about him coming off the bench uh mcgee coming off the bench is a good point and i think he uh, if He's going to come off the bench. He's also going to play next to Kuzma, who he also has already a relationship with and chemistry with. So that actually can play a role there too. And speaking of Kyle Kuzma, I know that we have focused on him a lot this offseason, so we won't focus on him. But there was also an update on his injury. Obviously, he's dealing with a left leg injury. Today, it was announced that he has been cleared for non-contact practice. So what does that mean? That means he can practice and not really practice against Mm -hmm. other players, but still a good sign. Does that mean he's going to be available for Tuesday? I say it's still a long shot for Kuzma. I give Davis a lot larger percentage of him playing on Tuesday than Kuzma. But still, a positive step in the right direction. Yeah, when I, I was just hoping we, were, we weren't going to get a setback. Like, he was going to be right, gone for... Yeah, like, he would be I, gone for a few months or something like that. That that was my worst fear when, when it comes to Kuzma. So at least it sounds like he's progressing, and that's a good sign. I think lower leg injuries are always tricky because obviously there's so much pressure that you put on those on those body parts. But yeah, like you said, it wasn't a setback. It's kind of on schedule. He's cleared for non non-contact practice. So hopefully he's ready for Tuesday. I, it's just gonna. I think the Lakers are not gonna look all that great to start the season just because they have so many. In, they've had so many injuries and and random travel, and it, it hasn't been the most ideal off season. It hasn't been like catastrophic by any means. Don't get me wrong. But it hasn't been the most ideal offseason, I don't, or at least preseason for the Lakers. And thankfully, um, their, their first like 10, 12 games are going to be mostly in Los Angeles or in California. So thankfully, they can kind of get their legs back underneath them and kind of enjoy the home home stretch early on and kind of take advantage of those home games. And uh, I think last year they really had a hard time with their schedule they played a ton of playoff teams early they went on the road early so at least if a guy like kuzma a guy like ad are out they can kind of maybe soften that blow and kind of just tread water until they get back so far it sounds like this podcast is nothing but positive anthony davis a positive outcome of his mri kyle kuzma a step in the right direction dwight howard looking good rookies looking good the lakers win in the preseason Anything or besides the Caruso thing, any anything else is really standing out to you so far this preseason? In terms of like negative, like uh, just in, just in, if is there anything that we're missing that you're like, you know what, this is really standing out to me so far? I think it's something that you and I have actually talked a lot about, and it's the, their kind of lack of that third guy, a guy who can create their own basket, a guy who can take someone off the dribble and make a play for themselves and others. And I I'm hoping that's Kuzma when he comes back, and that he can prove that he can fill that that role but at this point they do look really really rough when lebron and ad aren't out there and they're not playing against like the third or fourth string warriors like when they play against an actual team like the nets who have most of their starters out there and lebron and ad are out there or aren't out there we see how this team can struggle and the weaknesses they have and i just hope that that doesn't get exploited in like a playoff setting like if lebron gets doubled or ad gets doubled and say the lakers continue to just not shoot the ball well like they're still not shooting the greatest percentage from three although preseason basketball 
and three-point shooting aren't the best kind of indicators of what's going to project over an 82-game like sample size. But I still think that that's an area where they might need someone. Hopefully, it's Kuzma. Maybe it's a trade during like middle of the season. Maybe it's a pickup like Iguodala, like off the buyout market or someone. But I still think this team needs another guy who can create for themselves or someone else. I think it's an absolutely positive. Like you just like nailed it. It is it. Honestly, I'm very worried about it. And we, like you said, we've talked about it a lot this off season. Someone has to, 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 to like take that opportunity and, and run with it. And hopefully it is Kuzma, but if it's somebody else, fine. But the Lakers absolutely need to find a third scorer, 100%. I, I'm very worried about that. And the preseason has done nothing but emphasize my worry about that for sure. Yeah, and I, uh, I think mostly because everyone else is so dependent of like someone else creating for them. And even a guy like Caruso, we kind of penciled in as being able to create for others. But we're even seeing early on that's probably not the best role for him, where he also might need someone to create for him. So it just seems... Yeah, it's, a, it's a stark difference from last year to this year, too. Like it, Last year was just so reliant on that, on making your own shot. Whereas this year, it's okay. Who's gonna make? Who's gonna help me get a shot here? Yeah, exactly. Like we had guys like Lance Beasley, Ingram. Like all these guys, you just give them the ball, they can make a play, they can get a bucket. Where now it's like the total opposite, which is good. You kind of want that when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You don't want guys who need the ball in their hands. But at the same time, it'd be nice to have another guy who can do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they target someone in the buyout market or maybe via trade, or hopefully it's Kuzma when he comes back. I just think that's something they're going to need to kind of address in some way over the season. Yeah, for sure. And You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors out there about Andre Iguodala choosing the Lakers if he gets bought out. I don't see him getting bought out. I still think that the Grizzlies are trying to hold out for a trade for him. But other than that, man, I don't know where, where else they can look, really. Uh, unless, like, is... There's no way like Demarcus Cousins comes back, right? Like that's not happening. No, I don't think so. Yeah, even yeah. though I see him, I see him on the court. I mean, he was in, on the bench today in warmups. So still, that's a really interesting situation, anyways. Yeah, that's that a whole separate situation. That was a bit weird. Like I, I didn't. He was like on the bench during the game as well. I think like him and LeBron were chatting it up, and it's kind of been strange to see him around the team, uh, given his legal issues off the court and given his injury and all that stuff. So it doesn't seem like they're in any hurry to cut him. Like, if they were to try to add an Iguodala or someone to the roster, it doesn't seem like Boogie would be the guy who gets cut. Um, so it's interesting, that dynamic of where he stands within the within the team so far. All right, man, we've been recording for 30 minutes, and we haven't talked about the biggest story in the, in the sports world. I think we have to talk about it. Is it David Stockton? Who are you talking about? Yeah, David Stockton today, playing for the Lakers. You know, 28 minutes, 10 points, seven, seven assists. Yeah, that's the biggest. <laughs> now, it's, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a story this year and maybe not as big. If someone, say, for the Grizzlies speaks out, like LeBron James spoke out about the China situation, I'm sure it's not going to be a big deal. Uh, but LeBron James is probably the biggest name in the NBA, if not easily the biggest name in the NBA. He's one of the biggest sports stars in all of sports. So when he talks, people listen. And I'll just set the story up, um, just and then we can go from there. Uh, LeBron James today met with reporters for the first time uh, since being in China. Obviously, there wasn't any uh, media availability for players while they were in China. But now that they're back, there was. He talked to the media pregame. And he had some comments about Daryl Morey's tweet. And I'll just read the, the full quote 
because I don't want to misquote him. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell me how you feel about it, and then I'll tell you how I feel about it, and then we can move on. Um, I'm sure people aren't tuning into this particular podcast to hear political talk anyways. But anyways, uh, LeBron James's comments on China or on Daryl Morey's tweet. Here it is. says, we all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech. But at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others or you're only thinking about yourself. So I don't believe I don't want to get into a word or sentence feud with Daryl Morey. But I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand and he spoke. And so many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. So just be careful what we tweet, what we say, and what we do. Even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, there can be a lot of negative comes, a lot of negative that comes with that too. End quote. Uh, so LeBron James is pretty much getting absolutely destroyed on social media and places around and, and any any media uh, today for his comments about what Daryl Morey tweeted. Um, I'll just say what I think, and then I'll ask you what you think. Uh, You know, LeBron James loves to be the poster boy for social justice in the NBA. You know, he's created a talk show where athletes come on and speak on issues that matter to him. You know, he's been outspoken against the president. He's outspoken for college athletes getting paid. He's been outspoken about police brutality in America. LeBron James always speaks on issues that matter to him, right? Like, that's just what he does. Uh, LeBron James has never talked about his money, but today when his money's affected, he's going to speak out against it. And that, you know, that's not a factual statement. It's just my opinion, but I'm sure. And from what I've seen, a lot of people share that opinion. Um, I know LeBron backtracked on what he said when he came out and tweeted. Um, I'll just read his tweet. He said, my team in this league just went through a difficult week. I think people need to understand what a tweet or statement can do to others. And I believe nobody stopped and considered what could happen could have waited a week to send it um you don't need to have opinions on everything alex like if you're not opinionated on some topics you don't need to to say it so i'm not saying lebron james has to have an opinion on what's happening in china um but to say daryl morey shouldn't have spoken about it is just incredibly hypocritical you know like and the fact that lebron like the first thing he mentioned was financially just kind of shows you where his head's at and I know he can backtrack and say other things as the time goes on that it's not about money, but clearly it's about money. Um, I, I get that the NBA has like a, a lot of business in China and they're already projecting that the salary cap can drop 15 to 20% if they lose the Chinese market. Kyle Kuzma has reported that he lost endorsements mm-hmm. and sponsorships when, it, when he was in China. Um, I don't know. I just think LeBron James just came off incredi- incredibly hypocritical today and it's just not a good look. And, and and yeah, man, I just think it, it really just comes down to money for him. And, and that's it affect. It's probably going to affect him and a lot of players in the NBA. And that's just how it came off to me. Yeah, I think you, you summed it up really well there. I think, like you said, I think when you put yourself out there as kind of the face of, of this kind of new player might like philosophy and this new player mindset where it is like you have to be this independent person and you're kind of reliant on yourself and have to kind of advocate for kind of this social justice and kind of be the face of that and kind of push towards that and work towards that and to kind of come out and kind of criticize someone else for speaking their mind against kind of a tough situation that's going on over there in China and him just trying to make a statement that of course kind of puts himself out there and kind of puts his team and the league out there and what Daryl Morey said and what he tweeted out but it is kind of tough for it's a tough look that LeBron did that, but also in the same time mentioned the financial stuff and kind of it just came off 
kind of cringy and really bad and like you said kind of hypocritical but i mean i have to go back and kind of read the full context of the whole interview before i kind of decide or uh, kind of make a viewpoint on what he said or what what other people are saying but so far like you said it's kind of been a negative reaction to it and i, I get where a lot of people are coming from i i definitely understand that like it does come off a bit hypocritical as someone who is such a social warrior and kind of someone who advocates for this stuff on a daily basis and for him to kind of i don't know it just it just came off going against what he's preached so far in his career and yeah he's kind of bid the the spearhead for in the league and i think that's something that a lot of people respect about him and admire about him and this was kind of the first time where it kind of went against everything that he's kind of stands for so i wouldn't be shocked if we get a, like another follow-up from him like i don't think the tweets are going to be the end of this i think there's going to be uh, there's going to be an episode of, of the show something yeah no 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 definitely and i think he, him and his team kind of realized the backlash that's kind of come out so i definitely think there's not gonna be the end of it and i think definitely it turned a lot of people's heads tonight when those co- those comments and that video surfaced so i i definitely understand where where people's minds are with it yeah i think there's a way like steve kerr i think said it pretty well you know like i don't feel comfortable commenting on something i'm not educate i'm not fully comfortable talking about so you know when president trump uh, you know kind of goes after steve kerr and greg popovich and, and steve kerr comes back and he's like i'm just not that informed on the situation of what's happening so i don't want to comment on that i i kind of get i understand that so but to criticize other people that feel comfortable talking about it when they're basically just defending free freedom of speech mm-hmm. and people's rights it just comes off terrible like it really is and I've, I've read the comments. I saw the video and I tried to not, I didn't try and find a way to spin it for LeBron. I just was trying to see like, okay, where was he coming from? And the honestly, the only answer I could take is that this affected him personally because he was there and it was an inconvenience that it happened while he was there. He said, could have waited a week to tweet it. That part really irritated me too. It's like, Oh, cause it was, a, it was a nuisance to you, LeBron uh-huh. that, that you had to, you know, but it's really not that hard to say I support people's freedom of speech and people's freedoms all across the earth. And and then you move on and you figure and you go from there. Will it cost you some money here and there? Yeah, but LeBron, you got a billion dollar contract with the, with Nike. I'm sure you'll be okay. Yeah, and I, I think like you said, if this could have been one of those times where you do kind of give uh, kind of a generic statement, like you said, where it could be something like I respect, you know, I, I don't really want to comment on it or I respect Daryl Morey's uh, use of freedom of speech and I understand the the situation going on in China and how it affects the NBA and the people who are, are being impacted by it. But you don't need to kind of take a, well, again, he is t- it is his choice to take this stance. I think that's something like Daryl Morey has a, a choice to take a stance he, he's taken. LeBron also has, a you know, the ability to take his stance. But at the same time, you can't, criticize someone for taking that stance even if it goes against yours so it does kind of hip like again kind of be a hip a little bit of hypocritical for him to kind of criticize someone else for speaking out for other people's uh yeah hardship I mean, he knew he knew he, he knew how bad he came off because he tweeted immediately two different things it's kind of like when the nba apologized not for what daryl morey tweeted or that he tweeted they basically apologized for the fallout like, oh, he's sorry this kind of escalated into something crazier than we never saw coming. So I think LeBron was probably trying to say something like that publicly. It definitely didn't come off that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's it's just it. Taking it back to the Lakers' position, this is probably one of the worst things that could happen to Lakers because it's going to be so so distracting for the next week. Because when LeBron does something like this, it's not a ten-hour news cycle. This is going to be—he's going to be asked about it over and over and over until you know there's something else to talk about. It's just the way LeBron works. So this is a—it's going to be a big distraction for LeBron. Maybe, obviously, he's dealt with many of them before in his in his career, but. This isn't going to go away. You know, it, it happened kind of late on the West Coast. I think it happened about 6.30 or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. So, you know, once the East Coast gets a hold of all this comment, it's going to be even bigger. I don't think it's going to go away for the next couple of days at least. So another distraction for LeBron and the Lakers to deal with before uh, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure if the Lakers practice either tomorrow, whenever they practice again, and media availability is there, uh, I'm sure they'll get his comments on that, and I'm sure, like you said, we'll get more quotes from him and uh, just more, I guess, a better insight to what his thoughts were when he said it and kind of where he's at now. And I'm sure, I, I mean, I don't think Daryl Morey's going to respond. I think he's going to kind of keep it low, down low for a little bit. Um, sure. But I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure it's not the last of it. I'm sure we'll kind of get a better idea of what's going on and what he, his thought process was when he said it. Yeah. But all right, Alex, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You can catch him going forward every Monday on SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Alex Padilla, at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. We normally will be on Wednesdays. Next week we'll be on right after the Clippers-Lakers opening night, which I'm absolutely ecstatic for. But before I let you go, Alex... What's going on in the world of wrestling? <laughs> yeah, I, I we need to make this a segment somehow. Like this is my segment. You, I, okay. I, I heard. Did I get this correct? That there is a rest. There, I read a headline. I could be one hundred percent misinformed. I don't watch wrestling, but did 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 some wrestler not make it to an event and they stripped him oh. of his championship belt? Wow. Okay, so you're following the obscure the obscure stuff. So yes. Um, I mean, I read about Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez is my favorite UFC fighter ever, probably because I'm Mexican and he's Mexican uh-huh. and all that. I read that he's going to the WWE. I saw what happened with him and Brock Lesnar. Okay. I don't know why everybody's upset about the guy that Brock Lesnar beat in five seconds. I don't understand, but okay. I'm very excited about Cain Velasquez fighting Brock Lesnar for fake this time. That should be fun because Cain Velasquez has actually uh, been wrestling in Mexico for the last like couple of weeks and months in AAA. I've seen it. Yeah, and he's doing some lucha stuff down there, so that's pretty exciting. So I'm kind of hoping, uh, it, it, I'm I'm expecting it to kind of be like grounded pound fight, like WWE style. But I'm really hoping Cain Velasquez pulls off like a Hercarana or something in the match. Um, yeah, he's done some crazy for his size. He's done some crazy moves. Yeah, he's. It seems it's like impressive. he's adjusted well to the the wrestling like culture and everything. So I think, and he's a huge fan of wrestling, and I think it shows. So I think he might be one of those few people who can kind of translate for both wrestling and and uh, MMA and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of that wrestler, so I, I believe there's a a typhoon going on in in china or in japan right now or somewhere near there or or some really bad weather and it's kind of interrupting travel situations but uh aew wrestler john moxley for uh formerly known as dean ambrose in wwe he was aew that's the new one right yeah so a he left wwe and joined aew their competitor um so he was the another wrestling promotions U.S. champion, New Japan Wrestling. He was their U.S. champion. So he was supposed to travel and fight uh, 
to defend his championship, but because of travel, he had to relinquish his belt. And so basically, he just had to give up his belt, and another wrestler won it. The other two wrestlers fought for it, and whoever won basically won that belt. So that's what happened. But people are kind of speculating that maybe it was a cover-up that his current company wouldn't want him to travel and risk getting hurt fighting for another company. So there's just kind of all this rumors going on in the wrestling world about that. And and how did the uh, how did Fox do with WWE? Uh, it was a huge hit. Like it looked great. They had. Uh, a ton of celebrities there. The Rock was there. It just it looked like a huge show. It was it was at Staples Center their debut, um, so it looked like a, a mega show. I think they did like over four to five million viewers on that that opening show. So it looks like a big hit. And I don't want to dwell on old news, but I know you're a Dodger fan, so I'm going to ask oh, you who's, whose fault was it, Dave Roberts or Clayton Kershaw? I I, I I'm going to ride and die with Kershaw. I know a lot of people are down on him. Like and I just feel for the guy. I think Dave Roberts did him a li- did him dirty there. Like you you can't put him in that situation. You have other guys you can turn to. Like you know his troubles, and I I get you want to give him that chance to redeem himself and kind of get over the hump when it came when it comes to postseason struggles. But you can't put him in that spot where you have other guys available, and then to keep Joe Kelly out for a second inning, and then just to let him fight pitch through. Uh, getting the bases loaded, a grand slam, and just let him keep p- pitching through that. It was just tough to watch, and I I like Dave Roberts. Like I'm I'm never a guy who is quick to say fire a manager over one postseason, but it's kind of been a trend for him, and uh, it sounds like he's be back next year. And I just I would be surprised if they get off to a slow start or they struggle again in the postseason. That this could be the uh, beginning of the end for him. Yeah, man, I just, it's going to be super interesting to see how Dodger fans remember Clayton Kershaw once he retires because he's been so incredible for mm-hmm. you guys his whole career. Obviously, not postseasons. He's had his struggles, obviously. But I just gonna, I'm just going to really be curious to see how Dodger fans react once he's done. Like, is he going to go down as the greatest, one of the greatest ever? Is he going to have like a, a when they retire his jersey, is it going to be filled with people like loving? You know, it's just going to be yeah. interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Clayton Kershaw. And I've been trying to think of like a like a basketball comparison for for Kershaw. I'm not sure if you could think of one where someone who's just so good in the regular season just struggles so much in the postseason. I can't think of a guy like that. I try to think about that too, and I feel like the only thing that I could really think about, was, but it's not really that good of a comparison, is Jim Kelly with the Buffalo Bills. Okay, because. He made it to four straight Super Bowls, but he was terrible in all four Super Bowls. Like, bad. Mm-hmm. Like, two touchdowns, seven interceptions in, for, in total. And uh, he wasn't that great in the playoffs, but obviously he's such a legend there that that's not really a good comparison. But as far as his, like, career goes, I mean, he was an incredible quarterback, but in the Super Bowls, he just couldn't do it. Um, but, yeah, as far as basketball goes, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. I, I don't know. You know, Charles Barkley didn't play his entire career in one place, so it's not, you know, it's – you can't really say that Reggie Miller is still, you know, Hall of Famer, best one of the best three point shooters of all time. That's that's what people remember him for. They don't remember him for not winning a championship. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting. It'd be interesting to figure out a good comparison for that. I think Kershaw's. He's kind of. I don't know. There's not there's not that many people that kind of have gone through what he's gone through. You know. It, it's yeah. I can't think of another comparison. I just I I genuinely feel bad for the person. Like I know, he's a millionaire. He's you know. He's got he's got it all basically. Super talented baseball player, lives in LA, 
has made a ton of money and it's just for he has this kind of block like this mental block and it's so visible like when the camera just like zoomed in on him in the dugout like it it's like that sucks like i i felt i really felt for him at that moment like i was upset as a dodger fan that they were gonna lose so early in the in the playoffs but at the same time it's kind of, you feel you feel for like another human being like going through something and i think let's not forget that you guys also like the the dodgers struck out as a team like <laughs> 65 times you didn't score a single run after the second inning in game five there's plenty of ba- blame where did cody bellinger go yeah you know like cory like seager no aj Corey pollock seager. Just saying, man. There's a lot of fingers. There's a lot of fingers that you could point into a lot of places for the Dodgers' struggles. Um, but tonight, the Lakers won <laughs> preseason 104-98. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, the day after the Lakers Clippers. If you haven't yet, please subscribe here. Uh, there is a new podcast Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday here. So plenty of Lakers content for you guys. Subscribe Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that there's podcasts. We are there. Hit subscribe. Hook us up. He's Alex Regla at Alex M Regla. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. Anything else you want to say today? No, man. Next week. Next week. I'm really excited. We are here. The regular season is upon us. We'll talk to you guys then. Peace.